Friday, January 20th, 2016 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Big game for the Patriots this week as they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Gillette for the AFC Championship game for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. We welcome in Jacob Klinger from Penn Live, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat writer, to break down our Behind Enemy Lines segment. And we also have two special guests to help me break down the two big-time championship games that we have this weekend. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriot Beat Podcast. I am your host, as usual, Harris Rubenstein, coming to you live now from Los Angeles, California, our first episode from the lovely, lovely Los Angeles County. It is not as crazy warm as you would expect, but it should get warmer as the week goes on. But we've we have a very, very special, special episode for you all in honor of... Of our AFC championship contending AFC, or New England Patriots, excuse me. I am proud to welcome in my two co-EPs, former co-EPs, from our hit sports TV show at Emerson College, The Box Score. One of them is Fox Sports Radio intern Jack Ross, and the other is Mandalay Sports intern Tom Little. Say, Say hello, boys. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? It's good to be here, Harris. Nice, nice to have you guys back around as usual. So, gentlemen, we have uh, we, we 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 have a lot to go over. We have some some quality footballing this weekend. We got uh, we got Pittsburgh versus New England, obviously, and then we have the Green Bay Packers, who took down Jack's New York Giants a couple weeks <laughs> ago, versus the. Who are they playing again? Uh, the Falcons. The Falcons. High oh, wow. Atlanta Falcons. Go Falcons. No one, no one cares about the Falcons. Whoa, I care about <laughs> the Falcons. <laughs> Matt Ryan. They're set up to be the Packers of 2011. Oh, my God. <laughs> of 2011. All right. So Matt if the Ryan. The Packers of 2011 if because Matt, they're going to get rolled if, over. I will be happy, though, if Matt Ryan gets a Super Bowl so we can finally stop this stupid discussion about who's a better quarterback, Matt Ryan or Joe Flacco. Because it's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's no, better. Absolutely. Joe Flacco's ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt Ryan might just win the MVP this year. He oh, should, he should win, win the MVP. MVP. I, I think Rodgers might get some votes because of what he's doing in the playoffs right now. But if you look at just the regular season stats, which is what the award is supposed to be for, Matt Ryan had the best regular season of any quarterback in the NFL. You can say all you want about Rodgers' last eight weeks of the regular season, but Matt Ryan's been doing it the whole season for the Atlanta Yeah, Yeah, I've, I've been trying to head up this Brady for MVP campaign, and even I can admit, no, it uh, it's probably be Matt Ryan. Though I, I don't think he's going to be as good once Kyle Shanahan leaves for the 49ers, no, which yeah. is going to happen. Kyle Shanahan is that, you know, was the mm-hmm. inspiration for this what now is a juggernaut offense. Yeah. I mean, the Falcons offense is the best offense in the NFL, and it really isn't close. Mm-hmm. So no. They're putting up 35 points a game. No, it's crushing. So let's, let, let's, let's the Seahawks defense. Let's they actually have two running backs that could easily start on so any sick. team. Let's actually yeah. go through this Falcons-Packers game, and then we'll get into the Pats stuff. We'll take a commercial break in between. But... Let's first start with this Packers and Falcons game because this game is going to be awesome. You have two of the best quarterbacks in football. Aaron Rodgers, who in my opinion is the best quarterback in football. Brady's the best of all time. There's a difference. Uh, Rodgers is the best right now. Ryan has had the best season. 
But this, both these teams have one thing in common. Either their defenses are really, really good, or their defenses suck. Oh, no. Just just suck. This game is going to be a shootout. I'm 100% certain that both teams will score at least 27 points. Like, the, this, this Packers secondary is awful. Oh, it's Ladarius this. Gunther trying to cover Des Bryant last week was one of the funniest things I've seen all season long. Not that to was hilarious. That both uh, Morgan Burnett and Quentin Rollins are on the injury report for this week. They're questionable. And they're bad. And, anyway. And not only, you know, <laughs> the Packers defense is so thin at the secondary position anyways. Like, they're relying strictly on... Excuse me, haha, Clinton Dix and Demarius Randall to do to make any plays and do anything in the second. But both of them aren't even that good. No, they're not. They all had great games against the Giants' anemic offense. I'm pretty sure Morgan but they got torched last week by Dak Prescott in Dallas. I'm pretty, and they're going to get torched even harder by Matt Ryan in Atlanta. I'm pretty sure Morgan Burnett has been playing since before I was born. I'm not actually sure how old that guy is, but this is it, 31st he's season. incredibly old. But uh, the, the this Falcons team though is incredibly exciting just because. Like I love this offense. They have so many weapons. Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Taylor Gabriel, the running backs. They don't have a tight end because ever since Tony G left, they've been fooling around with this Tuli Lolo kid who can't do crap. But this Falcons team is really good. Their offensive line, the zone blocking scheme that they institute, led by center Alex Mack, yeah, that, has been insane all season. He's he's the best center in football. Alex in my opinion, Mack is my, was my X factor for the Falcons. The off mm-hmm. the off season signing, they got him from the Browns. He was one of the best centers in the NFL when he was on the Browns. But yeah. he kind of got overshadowed for being on a terrible team. And I thought that was an under the radar move that the Falcons made, and he has emerged as. Well, yeah, and you said it, probably the best center in the NFL. Like, Travis Frederick is really good, but I love what Alex Mack brings from a a leadership standpoint. His line is so good as well, but Mack is the bona fide star on that offensive line. Yeah, Jake Matthews at left tackle has been pretty good, but, you know, he hasn't. I don't think he's become Joe Thomas like a couple people expected. But, you know, you look at this Packers team that we saw last week. You know, they can score on you in an instant just because, again, I've said it the past couple weeks. This is, from Aaron Rodgers, the best, like, eight-game stretch of any quarterback in the history of football. He's thrown one pick since, like, October to the tune of, like, 20 touchdowns, one of the highest quarterback ratings ever, like, to almost 3,000 yards. He has been unstoppable. And that, that throw against the Cowboys to Jared Cook might be the greatest throw I have ever seen live. That was unbelievable. Yeah. That was amazing. Falling away, rolling to his left, throwing with his right hand straight down the sidelines. Great catch by Jared Cook. He didn't, he didn't give Jared Cook an extra inch to make that catch. That was catch. an amazing throw. That was the, there, is no, there is no way you could have thrown the ball better than that. that no was no other quarterback in the NFL makes that throw. I, I Not love now, it. anyways. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is, is just... I love watching Aaron Rodgers play. We need... The world deserves an Aaron Rodgers-Tom Brady Super Bowl. No. But... So uh, so th- this this game also, I think it's going to come down to a lot of, all right, who can run the ball better? The team that's running back as a wide receiver <laughs> or the team who has the best running back tandem in football? That's an easy one. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, if it does come down to the running game, it will be one because not only do they have two great running backs, they also have Matt Ryan, who is more mobile than you might think. I love Matt Ryan, dude. But our, our Boston College native boy, oh, he's 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 making all of us so very proud. That is great. I love Devonta Freeman, though. I when when he was in when he went to Florida State, I just remember watching him and just you didn't know he was one of those guys that wasn't as good in college, but you could kind of tell he was going to be pretty good in the NFL. Obviously, I don't think anyone predicted him to be this good. But him and Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman in Indiana was nuts. 
but he just could never stay healthy. And last year, he did not know how to hold on to the ball. He kept fumbling all over the stupid plays. But now, now they're just unstoppable. Tevin Coleman is aggressive. He runs at you. He just runs back over you. He's so good. And then you have Devonta Freeman, who's shifty as all hell, and just goes past everyone. I, I love this tandem. It's so good. And both of them are great weapons in the run game mm-hmm. and the pass game. You can flex either of them out wide, and they are still legitimate threats to catch the football and make and score. Yeah, that's that's what's got me given the Falcons, and, and I hate to say that the Falcons have an advantage because we see what the Packers are doing, and they're just going on this miraculous run like uh, they could beat anybody. But I think the Falcons get an advantage not only because they've got two running backs that I think are both better than any running back the Packers can offer. Ty Montgomery, while he's been a he's, a he's a wide receiver. He's a converted wide, <laughs> he's receiver. A wide receiver. He has issues with hanging on to the ball, and he really can't do that hard-nosed style of he's, running he's that the Falcons can get yeah. from Freeman. And not to mention that both teams have key injuries to wide receivers. We're not sure if Jordy Nelson's going to play. Most likely he sits mm-hmm. out another week with a broken rib. Um, Devontae Adams took a hard hit last yeah, week, he and he crushed. is questionable. And Julio Jones, while he has said he is going to play, is also still nursing an injury. So He's his like, effectiveness may be limited. The same goes for Taylor Gabriel, who is also questionable, which mm-hmm. means that both teams are probably— I mean, we know that Rodgers still has Cobb and Cook— uh, among other guys, Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis, the cyborg. Throws to, <laughs> the cyborg. Um, and the Falcons still have Mohamed Sanu, uh-huh. XYZ, and they're their running backs. But it really is going to come down to the fact that the Falcons have an overall greater slate of offensive weapons that they can use despite the injuries. And it kind of says, all right, well, even though if we lose 50% of Julio Jones and Taylor Gabriel, we can make up for it by having much better running backs and receiving threats than you have on remaining on your team. I, I'm still uh, on the team that Julio Jones hasn't been fully healthy for going on three seasons now. I feel so bad because when he is healthy, which has been so sparingly, he's just unstoppable. There's not a single corner in football that can actually do anything to him for a consistent amount of time. You, you put him up for a full 60 minutes against anyone and he's just going to win. He's just going to win. That's just what he does. And it's strange because people keep comparing Mike Williams, the kid from Clemson, to Julio Jones, and they're just not the same. Like, no one is cut from – there are very few people cut from the same cloth as Julio Jones. Maybe, like, I don't know, Mike Evans a little bit, but I'd yeah. still take Julio Jones over Mike Evans. No, Julio Jones is, you know, I a love top Julio. three wide receiver in the NFL. I think he's so good. him, Brown, and OBJ yeah, I think as the, you know, the cream of the crop. Brown's Mike one. Evans right on the oh, – Brown yeah, is. Brown's but you best. can see that Antonio Brown for the past two years, up until this year when they did get Sanu as like a good second yeah. receiving threat, I mean, they had Roddy White, but Roddy White was on the very, so very back end of his rip. career and, and really couldn't do much to take the pressure off. But he's just been so overused. Mm-hmm. He was the only guy on the offense – for the past two years, and you know, in 2014 and 2015, they had in a you know still they still don't have a great defense, but it was much much worse than it is now, um, which made it so much harder because the offense had to throw the ball you know 40, 50 times every game. Mm-hmm. Jones was getting 10, 15 targets. It's just naturally going to exhaust your body and do some damage that right. could be you know irreparable. Right. All right. So let's let's take a first quick commercial break because I don't think everyone wants to hear more about the Falcons. And I still, I, I'll I'll just say this: no matter what team gets into the Super Bowl, whether it's Ryan Rogers or Falcons fan, it doesn't really matter because the quarterbacks are going to win them these games. Whatever team ends up in this Super Bowl, the teams aren't going to matter. It's going to be the quarterbacks, whatever it comes down to. So let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to do a full scale Patriots Steelers uh, preview because. That this game has been like eight years in the making. So we'll be right back. 
Episode number 157 is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. It's the new year, which means a fresh start for your business, and a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017, post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, my listeners can post job on ZipRecruiter's for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-F-A-N. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. All right, welcome back into Patriots Beat. We did a lot of Falcons Packers, but this is the Patriots Beat podcast. And we have what I think is one of the most winnable – actually, that's not true because the 2014 Colts game was a Ooh. joke. But this is one of the most winnable AFC Championship games that the Patriots have had in a, in a long time. You know, not, no Denver, no Manning, no Ravens, no Colts, or – yeah – so now they're going against a Pittsburgh Steelers team who's good. You know, obviously they got the killer bees, Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Antonio Brown, but they don't have a defense. I, I, I still do. They have an okay defensive line. Cameron Hayward's pretty good. Steven Tewitt's pretty good, or Stephon Tewitt is pretty good. Bud Dupree's come on in the past couple weeks, but you know, Lawrence Timmons is a million years old. Ryan Chaser can't stay on the field. They don't. They do. I do not believe in their secondary. Sean Davis is a rookie out of Maryland who's been okay. Artie Burns is not a great cornerback in my opinion. Mike Mitchell's okay, but he always seems to have one or two stupid penalties in him a game, and they don't have any corners. This team's secondary is trash. It's trash. It's trash. It's trash. Guess what, Tom? It's trash. It's trash. So. I, I I see this Pittsburgh Steelers team, and obviously you have to worry about Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell is the best running back in football. Anyone who says otherwise just doesn't watch football. He's <laughs> so good. Uh, Antonio Brown's the best wide receiver in football. Again, if you disagree, you do not watch enough football. And Big Ben has is, in my opinion, having one of the worst seasons of his, of his career. He throws so many interceptable passes. This guy, I swear to God, every single game he'll throw – Four passes that could get picked off, and maybe one of them will physically be caught because that's why corners play corner and not wide receiver. So the Big Ben is having a very up-and-down year. And also, I don't know if you guys know this, Big Ben on the road in the playoffs has been one of the worst playoff quarterbacks in the history of football. He's like 2-10 and ten, like or some crazy stat. Like he just doesn't win games on the road. He won one last week in Kansas City because Kansas City somehow lost to a football team that didn't score a single touchdown in their stadium in a playoff game. So they obviously didn't deserve to win. But what have you guys seen out of this Pittsburgh Steelers team? I I, I, I see a very overrated I football think, team. I think you underrate their defense a little bit. Like if you look at, you know, they play the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, which I think second only to playing in Seattle is the hardest stadium to go to on the road. Fair. They're known for being one of the loudest. They're known for being a stadium that, you know, playing in Kansas City that gets the Kansas City Chiefs team really fired up. Uh, and that was a team that, 
scored 37 points in their final game against the Chargers, had scored 33 points against the Broncos defense in a game they but that needed was a, to win. But that was a Broncos team that gave up on the season. And then put up 30 on the Broncos three weeks before, back in November, 29 on the Falcons. They had been scoring above 20 points almost every week for the past six weeks. Yeah. So they're no slack offense. And they didn't. They limited them to 16 points and one while kicking only field goals. What that says to me is, hey, this is a team that has the will to win. So while, yes, you were completely right on saying that they have no cornerbacks, uh, Bud Dupree has emerged as finally what they wanted to get out of him when they drafted him as high as they did I hate that he's number 48. Ago. Can we all agree that number it's 48 weird. for D-Lines is dumb? James yeah. Harrison is doing the, this is my he's last so year playing. I'm going to so go sick. out willing my team to victory. And you know what? They're just making plays. They took Alex Smith, the guy that doesn't really turn the ball right, over, sucks. forced two turnovers no. from him. Played really stingy defense, especially in the red zone. And yes, while they had problems on offense of not being able to convert, Kansas City has a top five defense. So does New England. I don't think the Steelers will win, but I think the game will be a little closer than you might be making it out. I, I just, I just look at this Steelers team and like, all right, the Chiefs blew it. They totally blew it. They had. They didn't give up a touchdown. They were one of the best defenses in football. They were able to turn the ball over. And they put the ball in Alex Smith's hands and said, go win us a playoff game. And Alex Smith couldn't do it because Alex Smith is not yeah. a good quarterback. He turned the ball over too much. They got Alex Smith to do what he does the and what, also, what he usually does the best and not turn the ball over. And they got him to turn also, the ball over. I'm a big Andy Reid defender. That was one of the worst man. That oh, was one of the, the worst managed games of anything that, that I've ever seen. Was that was so bad. But Andy Reid teams tend to choke. Yeah, it's important. Oh, it's true. That Patriots Super Bowl against the Eagles. <sighs> the Eagles choked. Choked. Andy Reid. His teams just aren't prepared for the big yeah. game. I was listening to the Philly Sports Radio the other day, and they were talking about Andy Reid and how this was a common thread with the Eagles. Yeah, I this mean, was so As difficult. a Giants fan, I watched him coach the Eagles, and he, when it comes to the last 10 minutes of a game, is one of the worst head coaches. Great head coach in the first on the first drive, and you saw the Chiefs went right down the field and scored on the Steelers. For the rest of the game, they looked totally, totally lost. Yeah. So... Credit to, I mean, Mike Tomlin, I think I said, is one of the best coaches in the NFL. People need his three, right, probably. When, when Roger Staubach called him a cheerleader, you know, I, I'm not going to throw, like, any racial accusations <coughs> out there because that's not very responsible, but it might have been a little bit charged. Calling Mike Tomlin a cheerleader is an absolute joke. Mike Tomlin is one of the ten best coaches in football. Mike Tomlin took a team that was coached by Bill Cowher, a Super Bowl-winning head coach, probably a Hall of Fame head coach, kept alive one of the great franchises of football, won them a Super Bowl, brought them to a another. Yeah, they haven't missed con- a step They've been him. consistently one of the best teams in football. Now, you could say, oh, they've had A.B., Le'Veon Bell, and Big Ben, but Even he's, coached that, the, yeah. he's coached the players that they've given nope. him. People love playing for they, him. He did it with when he I, took over in I don't understand. the 2000s, early 20s. Look, I'll put it this way. Would yeah. Mike Tomlin be a great coach with another team? I don't know. But is Mike Tomlin, was Mike Tomlin the perfect coach for what the Pittsburgh Steelers needed? Yes, yes, yes. he was. Absolutely. Should he have had a little bit of a tighter grip around whether or not Big Ben was going to play when he was injured? Yes. But, you know, do you want Landry Jones out there or do you want Big Ben playing injured? I'd take, I, I, I take Big Ben playing injured I mean, any day we saw what Landry Jones did. He got shut down by the Pats yeah, earlier this season. The, the, I don't know. This whole hatred of Mike Tomlin. And then, and then this whole thing this week with the Facebook Live and the Antonio Brown and the, the, the locker room. Like, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, you Who think cares? that stuff doesn't go on in every NFL locker room, calling out other teams? 
Like, Mike Tomlin was rightfully upset. He felt that his team got shafted by the league and not didn't get enough extra, like, the Patriots got extra days to practice. I'm sure there were tons of teams that complained about Look, the, the way the I'm league so, handles I'm sorry that he, to the players. I'm sorry he called the Patriots a bad word. You think, I'm sorry. He still would have said that regardless <laughs> of whether or not Antonio Brown put it online. We just know about it now. No, no, it that's just, the only thing that's different. Like, if anyone's ever been in a, in a locker room with a football team, they know, like, that's what is said. Yeah. They don't like the team they're playing. Fun fact: This is a steal. Everybody hates the Patriots. Fun fact: Nobody likes the Patriots. Wow, what a surprise! Yeah, I didn't see a single problem. With that. He was saying what he knew he needed to say to get his team fired up. He instilled the "It is us versus them. It's we versus hate them. them, and that is what will motivate us to I, play." I brought this up to uh, um, Jacob Klinger, who's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers reporter for Penn Live. He'll be on later. Uh, have you guys seen the the picture that the Pittsburgh Post Gazette posted? Of uh, here, I'll, I'll I'll pull it up on my Twitter for you guys. It's really cool. So it's uh, the Death Star from Star Wars in the shape of a football with uh, the Patriots signal coming out of the uh, massive satellite disc, and then they have the Millennium Falcon with the big Pittsburgh Steelers logo on it. Oh, this is great. brilliant. This is exactly what it is. It's Steelers versus the Evil Empire. Not to say that the Steelers are the good guys, but you know the. This is the evil empire. The, B- Bill Belichick is the Sith Lord. Tom Brady is Darth Vader. This has been a growing like Star Wars sentiment for years now. But fun fact: Did you know that the Patriots haven't played the Steelers in an AFC Championship game since like two thousand like five or something? Like they just haven't. That was Roethlisberger's rookie yeah. year when that was the 15, first game. Yeah, he fifteen lost. one. Fifteen one. I remember the that first 15 game Roethlisberger yep. lost was to the Patriots and, in the AFC. And remember that game. season, the Pats rolled into Pittsburgh against the Steelers and got bootied in Pittsburgh on Halloween, like thirty eight to thirteen. Like they got annihilated, and then they had to go back into Pittsburgh and crush them. It was awesome. It was a great game, but. You know, we didn't. We really talked about this Pats team too much, but at this point, I, I say this on this podcast all the time that there really isn't much else to talk about with this Patriots team. It's kind of a team that's devoid of analytics because it's a very situationally based football team where it wins situations. You know, instead of you know they're up three with having the ball with three minutes left in the half with getting the ball back. Situational football. They kick a field goal for the half, get a touchdown when they come back in. Now all of a sudden they're up thirteen points instead of three. That's just what they've yeah, done. They like managed the clock. Well, they play. There's a they smart score team. when they need this score, and they don't allow scores when they shouldn't allow scores, aka before the half. Yeah, uh, and then they come off out turnovers. With, they, exactly. they they allow they, field goals they off turnovers at the best level. They are, no other team in football executes the way the Patriots are on just, all three aspects. They're just a smart football team, and you know, you, at this point, you're going into it, and there there are no crazy new wrinkles that this offense is going to show you. There's no crazy new playmakers that are going to come out from this defense. There, you know. The, 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 you everything get you, get. you get what you get with this Patriots team, but Tom Brady's gonna if Tom Brady's either gonna be really really good and you're not gonna have a chance in this game. He's gonna be average and you might have a chance to score points if you can score more than a field goal in Gillette. Or you know the defense is gonna shut you down. You're gonna kick field goals all day, and we all know that you can't kick field goals in Gillette and expect to win a football game. So the, the, this this game to me is is gonna go one of it was gonna go one of three ways. One. Brady's going to come out because, you know, there have been all these questions this week about, oh, if Brady sucks in the, in the championship game, is Garoppolo going to come in? So he, he's either going to come out firing and rip apart the Steelers. Two, he's going to suck, suck 
like he did against the Houston Texans in the first half and give the Steelers a chance to win this game and control the ball with Le'Veon Bell. Or, number three, Big Ben is going to go off and this game is going to come down to the fourth quarter. That's the only way, that's the only possible way these games are going to go. Is that Big Ben's going to go off, Brady's going to suck, or Brady's going to go off. To defend Brady in the Houston game, he was up against the number one defense in football. Oh, Poop. No. I, no. That's the, it's the number one defense, no. what, by yardage? Great, great, no. Brady you can say the Texans like have crap. a great line and a great defense, but I really don't think cloudy. they were the best no. defense in the No, no, no. Clowney was nuts. Day. No, Brady played like crap in the first half of that game. And it's fine. He can play poorly. But he played like crap. And he didn't. He wasn't completing passes down the field. He was missing guys. He didn't really start doing well until about midway through the third quarter where they had that, like, 90-yard drive with – uh, James White catching that nice little uh, bloop pass over the top. But if they don't have Deion Lewis going off in this game, they they might not have won that playoff game. I know the score was like, what, 38-17? to 17. 34-17. 34-17, and Brock Osweiler was no, but horrible. The, the, the Texans hung around in that yeah. game. And that was what I think worried a lot of people that were reporting on the game was, Whoa! They're the around. Patriots definitely didn't like blow these guys out like we all thought they like would. They ended up on the scoreboard. The, the, you know, the, people expected this to be you know a like a game where Jimmy Garoppolo would come in in the third quarter. Yeah, it would be forty-one to nothing. The score did not represent how close this game was for the majority of the game. Like there was a lot of a lot of drives where the Texans could have easily, yeah. easily yep. taken the lead. They they turned the ball over twice back to back times. Inside of the 30-yard line, and the Texans kick two field yeah, goals. Yeah, and you, you just said exactly <laughs> what everyone else has been saying. You in can't that kick field goals the in Patriots Foxborough. couldn't have picked a better game to kind of... Suck, yeah. Yeah, to suck. To suck. Because they sucked against the worst team in the playoffs, and the, even them sucking was still and, good enough and, to win by, you know, almost 20 points. And, you know, I said on the Patriots post-game show that, oh, the defense played really well. And it goes back to the fact that it's really easy to play well when the quarterback is Brock Osweiler who is maybe the worst starting quarterback in football. I think that's fair. I think he's terrible. He's done nothing this year. They paid him $72 million. He's not the worst starting quarterback in football, but he is definitely the most overpaid. They paid him $72 million to get benched for Tom Savage. I mean, I'm assuming I'm assuming you're saying that not counting any of the Browns quarterbacks that have started this year. That, that, they're not starting quarterbacks, though. They they just shuffled through a bunch of guys. But they went into the season and be like, all right, he's the guy. Maybe of and all the sucked. guys to start whatever 12-plus games. Yeah, yeah he, he was 32. Like, he was bad. Like, the, I cannot – there are few – there are very few quarterbacks that I would take after Brock Osweiler. Like, I don't know who else I'd take Yeah, no, start. even guys that are just younger than him. It's like, hey, they may have had a worse season, but they have the potential to be better. Brock Osweiler has shown us that his ceiling is garbage. He's, he's just bad. His ceiling – like, I, I would take Trevor Simeon over Brock Osweiler. Yeah, Trevor Simeon has at least proven that he can kind of be clutch. I don't know. And, and be a game. He's a game manager, and Brock Osweiler is literally the opposite of that. So, he just, just turns the ball over. So let me get your guys' predictions for this game. Because, like I said, it's going to go one of three ways, in my opinion. I think it's going to go the way of Brady. I think Brady's going to go off in this game. This smells like a game. Brady loves playing the Steelers, he annihilates the Steelers. Just, he has his entire career. He's always performed well against Pittsburgh, and, he, and it's in Gillette. Four chances to go to the Super Bowl. I, you know, this is one of those games where the evil empire usually just rolls. But again, you know, we, I, my flashback is always to the Jets game. Always the Jets game in 2010 where the Jets just rolled in and beat them. Yeah. 
So that could happen. They might just crap the bed. No, yeah, but and you this, have to remember that the Steelers are still on a nine-game win streak. Well, the Patriots are too. Uh, they're on an eight-game win streak. <laughs> oh, and, but wow. the, the Steelers are essentially doing, and it's not to the same level of Aaron Rodgers. Every and Packers, team is coming but with they an have eight. quietly been a team that has not lost in nine. Well, fun fact: every single team that's coming into the playoffs hasn't lost. They're all in eight-plus game win streaks. This is the first time in NFL history where it, it, there's this isn't the year where like oh one team is getting super hot. All these teams are just crushing people. Yeah, so. These the four best teams in the NFL. I think these are the four best teams in football. Maybe the Cowboys. Maybe are the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys. I mean, the Packers. The Cowboys are better than the Packers, but they're not better than Aaron Rodgers. That's what ended up happening. Yeah, no, the <laughs> Packers are doing. Aaron the Rogers Packers are pulling won. the Giants. The Packers are doing the. Hey, our quarterback is just getting randomly <laughs> really, really hot, it's just and Aaron the rest Rogers. of our team is saying we can't possibly lose now. <laughs> just Aaron Rodgers just being insane. Yeah, it's the day. Like, I think they'll win against the Falcons. Yeah, and I think that I think that would be an amazing. Pat's Green Bay would be an amazing. Super I, I think the world deserves a Patriots Packers. Super Bowl, Rodgers, Brady. I'm going to give this one of the Pats 31 to uh, 31 to 21. I think that the Steelers will score, but I I believe you take Le'Veon Bell away from this offense and you just put the ball in Big Ben's hands and you put a little pressure on him. Outside of Antonio Brown, like Eli Rodgers is okay. No, yeah, no. Sammy Coates is crap. Three, three players. It is Brown, Bell, and Roethlisberger. And Bell didn't crush the Patriots the last a- time. Eighty-one they yards him. on like fifteen carries. So we'll see. Like I think the Pats. That was with Landry Jones. This seems like a Patriots thirty-one to twenty-one kind of game. That's just me. I'm going to say, and this all depends on how they're stacked up in the secondary, whether it's Butler on Brown or it's Logan Ryan on Brown with McCourty over the top. But I think it's going to be 31-24, Patriots. 31-24. Jack? See, I think you guys both under- underestimate the Steelers' defense a little too much. But uh, are they really going to hold this Pats offense under 30 points? I think they will. And I think are they better than the Texans? They, yeah, oh, they're much better you, than you think not, this, not on defense. That's what I'm defense. saying, though. But I think that they are just, they, like, the Texans were kind of crushed by their own morale. They knew they had no chance against the juggernaut. This Steelers team is coming in with a fire lit under their behinds, and they've been playing out of, their defense has been playing at a level above what they're normally capable of. I think the Patriots are still going to win, but I think that the Steelers are going to get a lot of pressure on Brady, and I think they're going to force a couple of turnovers, maybe one interception and a fumble somewhere along the line, and they're going to make the Patriots ha- really have to earn this win. <laughs> so I think Le'Veon Bell is going to have a good game, and the fact that, I mean, that the Steelers could definitely still win, and a lot of it's going to hinge on how well can that Patriots interior, I mean, they, I know that Dante Hightower is still kind of nursing an injury a He's little been bit. nursing injuries for three years now. How well can he and the that interior of the defense play against Le'Veon Bell in, in the middle? We know how fast this he has been a cut to the second mm-hmm. level. Can their linebackers stop him and hold him to under you know 120 yards? The so only person the this year as a running back that really crushed the pass was CJ Procise. He was the one guy that just lit him up. The one I am so the one thing I'm worried about with this Pats defense. I don't know who's going to cover Le'Veon Bell on the it's outside tough. of the pass game because Van Noy's okay, but he's not a great covered guy. Hightower, like you said, is still nursing a knee injury, which he's been nursing all year. Uh, Shea McClellan. Is a little small to cover Le'Veon Bell. He's just going to get run over. So they might throw Logan. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw Logan Ryan and Le'Veon Bell whenever yeah, he gets whenever he breaks out. He's basically a wide because Logan wide Ryan receiver. has been nuts like the past oh. like four weeks. He's been incredible. Logan so, Ryan is a great underrated player that man's for this get Patriots team. Paid. 
Hey, he's going to get so much money. He's not with the Pats. Yeah, I've, but I've got the Patriots winning 24-20 to 20 over this deal. 24. They'll score over 21, so that's you know three touchdowns and a field goal, but mm-hmm. under 30. It's going to be a game that I think um, the Patriots will be winning for almost the entire game, and the Steelers will make a, ch- make a run to try to get the win back uh, late in the game, but ben, ben Roethlisberger will either not be able to execute on a third and long or a fourth mm-hmm. and long, or he'll turn the ball over and the Patriots will be able to run the clock out on their own terms. Your weekly reminder as well that the, pa- the New England Patriots have never lost the game that Deion Lewis has played in, which still to this day is the most insane thing ever. They are 19 they are, I know what well, we, 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 what's the record? Excuse me. They are 15 and 0 over the last two seasons when when Deion Lewis plays, uh, especially that playoff game last week. But that's going to do it for us. We're going to bring on Jacob Klinger after this commercial break. Jacob Klinger is the Pittsburgh Steelers beat writer for penlive.com. Jack Ross and Tom Little, thank you guys so much. My good buddies, my good pals for joining me on this lovely episode of the Pats Podcast. We'll be watching the game on Sunday. Don't forget to call into the Patriots Post Game Show. We'll bring that up as well. But for now, enjoy Jacob Klinger. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I know that me personally, when I was living in a college dorm, I used Blue Apron in order to get my fresh ingredients so that me and my roommate Jack could cook up some nice meals, maybe some fresh steaks, maybe some good chili, some quality stuff. And it's also a very fun holiday gift, so maybe for a nice Valentine's Day gift or a nice birthday gift coming up, I would give it to, I wouldn't give it to a girlfriend, obviously Blue Apron would be a little rough, but give it to a family member, maybe they can get some high quality ingredients in their life. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't Wait, that's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. It is now time for our Behind Enemy Lines segment. This week, we are very happy to welcome back in Jacob uh, Klinger, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat writer for penlive.com. Jacob, we finally get a Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, AFC title game. I don't think these two teams have faced each other in the playoffs since like 2008 or something crazy. But these are these are definitely the best two teams in the AFC, especially with Brown, Bell, and Big Ben, and then obviously the Pats coming back in with what has been an MVP caliber season for Tom Brady. But these two teams matched up earlier in the season. Obviously, no Big Ben in that matchup, and a first game back, Le'Veon Bell. But how do you think the Pittsburgh offense matches up against this Patriots defense? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I think the Patriots are about as well designed to to contain the Steelers. Uh, you know, as any, just in that they have a cornerback in Malcolm Butler who can 
with a little bit of help, you know, reasonably contain Antonio Brown. Um, and they have a, a decent enough, you know, rush defense to not get the lies by Le'Veon Bell, which most teams, you know, don't. So I think about as well as you could ask. The thing about the Steelers and, and really the defining trait of the Patriots defense that I've noticed is they don't give up a lot of big plays. And the Steelers offense is kind of built around occasionally getting them. Uh, now, much of their success this year, especially lately, has been in spite of that, not getting those big plays. But, um, yeah, it's just, it really does sort of pit them in this kind of clash of strength against strength, frankly. And it's, you know, people have been questioning this Pats defense a lot, saying, oh, the only team or the only team they faced with a good quarterback was Russell Wilson, and they lost that game. But this is still a Patriots defense that it doesn't allow a lot of points. It's one of the, it's become one of the better red zone defenses in football over the past eight weeks of the season. And I still have major questions about the Steelers on the defensive side of the ball, but they've actually started to come around a little bit. What have you seen for them over the uh, past, I guess, last half of the season? No, I mean, they, they, ironically enough, after Cam Hayward's injury, they started stopping the run a little bit better. Um, they had struggled with that on and off when he was healthy, but uh, it was a big problem really right up through the time he stopped playing. Um, Kim Hayward was the Steelers' best defensive end, and he his last game was against the Cowboys. He injured his pectoral muscle in that game, played through it, uh, but it ultimately ended the season. Um, yeah, they started stopping the run, which really enabled them to, to try some other things. And most of them have worked. The, the young secondary guys and Artie Burns and Sean Davis, um, at corner and strong safety respectively, have really grown into their roles. And that's helped them a lot because the pass rush isn't good enough to get there on its own. And the secondary isn't good enough to cover without a pass rush. I think most teams could say something similar to themselves, but it's especially true in Pittsburgh. To that end, I mean, it's really just been a matter of Really, something not too dissimilar from what the Patriots do. You know, they they do give up a reasonable amount of yards, but don't give up a ton of points. Don't give up a ton of big plays, and that's the thing that I think Brady in particular will test the Steelers on. Not so much in like big bombs downfield, but he's going to put a lot of balls in play in the open field and force guys in the secondary to make tackles to avoid a ten, fifteen, twenty plus yard chunks um, that could really put this game to bed. One of the players on that defense, too, that's really stepped up over the past couple of weeks has been Bud Dupree. Can you talk a little bit yep. about how his role has changed and kind of the player that he's starting to turn into? Well, he missed the first half of the season with, um, with basically an abdominal strain. Uh, they operate through the groin. It's kind of all attached. Sparing you the, the physiological details. He missed the first half of the season. He's pretty much a pure speed threat off the edge. He's supposedly incorporating a counter move. I haven't seen it a lot. Uh, but I mean, his role has just been now he's healthy enough to play. Uh, the first half of the year, it was just a mix of Jarvis Jones and James Harrison and Anthony Ciccolo and Arthur Moe. Um, you know, all reasonable pros. James Harrison has turned it up a lot since he's gotten mm-hmm. to play just about every down. But, uh, um, you know, none of those guys are going to be uh, on their own difference maker. Um, at least Harrison wasn't again until he started getting as much playing time as he has lately. 
So really, it's just having a speed that forces teams to, to pass protect a little bit differently. When Debris playing off the same edge as Stefan Tuitt, uh, it's especially difficult. Tuitt is just bigger and faster than a human should probably be. <laughs> um, for just for a 300-pound man, he's just absurdly fast. Um, so, I mean, that, that forces teams to really account for, for at least one and then, you know, puts the other edge in play. And, and James Harrison has taken advantage of that, too. So, um, Dupree has stood out with some splash plays. He forced the interception that Ryan Shazier got last week. Um, but it's, his role is the same. It's just this is, this is who he is. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, for his sake, he keeps working. So, looking at the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers, obviously it all runs through the uh, the killer bees, as people call them. And Le'Veon yeah, Bell, I, I love that nickname. I, I the the Red Sox have a version of it with Bradley Betts and Bogarts, but the Big Ben Brown uh, Bell combo is easily you know you have the best running back in the league, best wide receiver in the league, top five quarterback in the league. So it it's just vicious how good it can really be, yeah. but they've struggled really badly on the road this year. What, what, what's, one what's of the, the deal? hasn't played well on the, on, the, on the road. One of the bees has struggled. And it's the bee that touches the ball on every single play. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been consistent this year. And it's a narrative that's kind of gotten buried in the fact that this team has won nine straight games. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're playing for a spot in the Super Bowl. And that's understandable and that's well and good. But Ben Roethlisberger has missed those in receivers. Um, and, on Sunday, if the Steelers are going to beat the Patriots, and so, yeah, and you know, we want to it's see really that. Simple. Yeah, and it's it's been kind of sad to see also because Le'Veon Bell has been so unbelievable, and Big Ben just really hasn't been able to back him up, and he's been so reliable over the past couple of years. Is it is it his, is it sometimes his receivers, or has it all been Big Ben? I mean, it's definitely sometimes his receivers. Um, there's done a lot of young ones out there. I mean, apart from Antonio Brown and Darius Hayward Bay, um, it's all young guys. Eli Rogers is his first year playing. He was out on the reserve last year, would have been an undrafted rookie free agent at the time. Marcus Ayers is a seventh-round pick. They promoted him off the practice squad in like the last few weeks of the season. Sammy Coates basically isn't playing. Hmm. Cody Hamilton has been in the league for a few years, but, you know, isn't like in his, his first, his only non preseason game prior to this year was a playoff game with the Bengals a few years back and mm-hmm. I think he caught the ball. So um yeah, some young receivers have made mistakes, but Ben Roethlisberger has has made his own bet uh to a certain extent as well. So he's not without blame. And um, you know, maybe throwing the ball more he'd be in a better rhythm throwing, but the team wouldn't be as productive. Mm-hmm. That's state of the Steelers right now. Ben Roethlisberger is still a very good quarterback. Le'Veon Bell's running the ball better than anyone who can put a football in their hands. Um, but, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger has not been up to his previous standards, and he's going to have to play better than he did last week and if the Steelers are going to meet the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to oversimplify it. These battle of the quarterback narratives are, are tired and stupid and miss the point. But in this case... The amount of possession and the amount of points that the Patriots can score with whatever time that they do have just dictates that Ben Roethlisberger can't, he can't float the throws that have made his career. He has to be able to step through them. He has to be able to push off through them. And if he's making the same decisions that he instinctually makes without the physical ability to complete them, the Steelers are going to lose. And 
Also, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, how does this Steelers defense slow down Tom Brady in Gillette in a playoff game in the cold? Is it is, is this going to be a shootout of a football game, or do you think the Steelers have a legitimate shot of slowing down Brady? Um, they can slow him down, but you know, what's, what's the over-under on this game? Do you know off the top of your head? Oh, geez. I think the over-under, I want to say maybe f- either 44, maybe? 45? Got to check that. that. That's a good one. <laughs> Frankly, um, I was going to say take the over. Mm-hmm. I was going to, if it was like 40, I would have said take the over. But the point is, yeah, they can slow them down. But, and this is the thing I keep getting at. One of the fundamental problems that the Steelers have had as a defense um, in in recent years is just wrapping up in the open field at the second level. Um, and they've really been swimming to the ball in recent weeks, and it hasn't been a problem. But there is no more complete quarterback in offense in the league than the one Tom Brady runs in New England. So they're going to be tested in the way that they haven't. Um, you know, as, as a reporter, who's kind of just, you know, rightfully skeptically viewing the team that he covers, when they started to turn around in the middle of the season, I said, okay, they beat the Browns. Okay, they beat the Colts. But these teams are kind of not good. Um, and it was the Colts without Andrew Luck. Um, when are they going to play, you know, a balanced attack? And they beat the Giants. You know, they beat the Ravens. And I'm kind of just, like, going through this checklist of, like, when are they going to have to to play a team that can test them in, in as many ways as possible? And now this really is, you know, probably their ultimate test in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it's kind of just like the last item on the checklist for is this defense legit. Mm-hmm. My opinion of them right now, I would like to think informed opinion, is is they're good but not a great defense. Um, I don't think there's really a lot of great defenses in the NFL right now, to be honest with you. Um, see this, I mean, but yeah, they, they can they can slow Brady down, but they got to take the ball away from him. If Brady's getting out of a clean game, or even if he's just going three and out on you know a contained screen pass, then like, you know, that's still that's still the Patriots game to lose, um, but they've got to take the ball away from them at some point to to really um, put any nails toward any coffin. And I've also loved I don't know if you've seen it yet the uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette just released uh, their cover photo for the game, and it's the Patriots uh, logo uh, on the Death Star with the Steelers flying in on the Millennium <laughs> Falcon, which I love. I love it. It looks great. But, Jake, before we let you go, give me your uh, final prediction for this really game. Is that much an underdog? I mean, I guess. Yeah, I'm mean, talking is more, more accurate than, like, an, an X-Wing. Yeah. Because the Millennium Falcon is pretty high power shit. But I, I guess that makes me more of an Han Solo. escape mission. Or, I, I guess, like would Antonio Brown be Han Solo? I guess Antonio Brown is probably, probably more inclined to be Han Solo. But probably so. I mean, it depends, it depends how you want to fit this into the narrative because if Ben Roethlisberger has been kind of absent for, for some of the big action, the Han Solo could sleep in at the last second. There um, you go. So I guess that makes Ben Luke because yeah. he, he got uh, he was down for the count for a little this bit. Is, this is more of a Road One situation. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you want a prediction for the game, right? Yeah, give me a prediction for the game. Who's our Super Bowl AFC representative? Uh, <laughs> go Patriots twenty-seven, Steelers twenty-three. Patriots twenty-seven, Steelers twenty-three. Another Patriots. Uh, outcome for the Super Bowl. I can tell you that 80% of the country is wishing that you are wrong. But 
I'm guessing the listeners of this podcast are hoping that you are right. But Jacob Klinger from PenLive.com, thank you so much for joining us again. Our our favorite Steelers source. Have a great weekend, Jacob. Have a, uh, enjoy the game. Thanks. You too. Have a good one. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of CLNS Radio, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice, and live on CLNSRadio.com immediately after every single Pats game. Call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the play of the game, and everything else that is going on with the four-time Super Bowl champions. Subscribe to the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher and the best way. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. That's going to do it for today's Pages B podcast. If you want to help support the show, please give us a subscription rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Today's show is presented to you by Blue Apron. Go to blueapron.com slash patriots to get your first three meals for free with free shipping. And by ZipRecruiter, go to ziprecruiter.com slash sportsfans. Most jobs for free. Music was provided by Hyde 209 and Joshua Morse. Want to thank our guest Jacob Klinger from penlive.com as well as Tom Little and Jack Ross. For Patriots content manager Michael Longi, CLNS radio executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network Nick Gelso. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Harris Rubenstein and this is the Patriots B podcast powered by CLNS radio. Remember to go listen to the Patriots post game show. Call in at 929-477-2386 and go follow me on Twitter at CLNS underscore sports team. Enjoy the game this Sunday, guys. And maybe we'll get one more trip to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady.